Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome in, one and all, to Trust the Tape episode post-draft. We had an NFL draft, Dane. I'm Jeff Cavanaugh alongside, of course, Dane Brugler here to wrap up the NFL draft and decide on the future of Trust the Tape. Uh, I guess you just have to tweet us and five-star review stuff and convince us to keep doing Trust the Tape because the draft's over. But I think we're good. I think we got stuff to talk about. We'll continue doing it just do we record or not, I guess is the question. We'll yeah. continue talking. Like, we're going to hang out in a room together exactly. and talk about stuff. It's just a matter of if you guys get to hear it. So let us know if you want to hear it. So the draft is over. What do we do now? What there's, are we going to do? There's a fun draft. I mean, that... You know, I think we say that after every draft because we put so much work into it, and you know, it's always exciting to see what, how it happens. But this year just was different. It just we had so little knowledge of what we thought would happen going in uh, in terms of the marriage, you know, the teams and the players who would end up where, um, and then just the depth of this class. When you go team by team and kind of look for, yeah, I think every year there's clear cut, you know, losers or you know, players that are teams that you don't think did very well at least what you expected uh, with some of these players. But I think it speaks to the depth of this draft. When you go team by team, it's really hard to find those uh, teams this year because it's, it's such a deep draft. You can find players in each of the first few rounds you think can be impact players. And so I thought a lot of teams killed it with what they did. All right, well, let's do it that way. What do you want to do? You want to talk about teams that uh, we thought had the best drafts or at least did the closest to what we would do or even talk about some of the players that were the best values as far as watching round one, I feel like there was guys that when they went off the board, you're like, holy cow, how is he still here? Right. Uh, so what do you want to do? You want to go, you want to just go teams? Sure. Let's do, we'll each do our top three. Um, and just t- three teams that stood out to us that I thought they thought uh, we thought did really well in terms of value, in terms of the players they got. Um, and not just early, but throughout the draft. So why don't you kick us off? Number one. Or do you start at number three? Uh, don't you want to build up to the, Climax? Sure. Is that the right way to say that? Well, hold on. I got to get back to my list then because I got to get to number three because right now I'm at number one. Let's go here and then I'm going to click this button. Scroll down here. That'll take me to there and I'll come to my number three. The Los Angeles Chargers Mm -hmm. I have as my number three team. Uh, I don't love Mike Williams being a top seven pick. I'll start there. But after Mike Williams, what did the Chargers do? Uh, fixed an offensive line with their next two picks. Forrest Lamp is a second-round pick, the guard uh, or tackle, whatever he is, out of Western Kentucky. Dan Feeney, the mm. guard out of Indiana, who was my top guard. Mm. So I just think offensively, then you go down to rounds four and five, Rayshon Jenkins, safety, Miami, who I think could be a starting strong safety in this league. Fifth round, Desmond King, my favorite player in the draft. If you wanted to make my top three list, what would be a really good plan? Pick Desmond King somewhere. That was the route that the Chargers took, and they listed him as a safety. So it'll be interesting to see how they use him. That you can use him in like 
in a nickel sub package. So, yeah, definitely eager to see how uh, the Chargers end up using him. Desmond King's going to outplay his draft slot. I think so. Desmond so. King was yeah. picked in the fifth round, yeah. and he has cornerback ball skills, safety physicality. He doesn't miss tackles. He's going to outplay his draft slot. And I think what would you have to do to outplay your draft slot as a guard? Like I think Dan Feeney outplays his. Does Forrest Lamp right. outplay his? I think he's going to be a good so. starting guard. Yeah, he was a first-round player, and I, I think he'll be, you know, I don't know how many Pro Bowls you know, he'll make in his career when it's all said and done, but I think he'll at least be a player that we talk about as in consideration for those Pro Bowls. And the Chargers took uh, Isaac Rochelle in the seventh round out of Notre Dame, who I know I was much higher on than the seventh round. So Rochelle they drafted, who I felt like it was great value. King, great value. Jenkins, about the right value. Feeney, great value. Lamp, good value. Williams, a little early for me, but on the whole, just the name of players they got. Chargers, good job. Yeah, and if you look at the Chargers with his first three picks, what do they do? They help the quarterback. Your aging quarterback. The Chargers have uh, a small window right now with Phillip Rivers to go for it. And so they got better on the offensive line. They gave Phillip Rivers a big body target to kind of just throw it in his area and he'll find a way to come down with it. So I get what they did. I, I agree with you. They definitely came away as as winners on draft weekend. For um for my top team, or I guess my number three team, I'm going with the Detroit Lions. Uh, I really think what they did in the first round, they needed a linebacker. They went with Jared Davis, uh, p- passing over Reuben Foster, who a lot of teams did. It's okay. Uh, with his medicals, with everything else going on with him, I, I get it. Jared Davis, though, I, to me, he's he was right there in terms of the linebacker discussion. The biggest issue with him is just durability. Can he stay healthy? Uh, it's the second round pick. They stayed, uh, went with the whole the, the Florida Gator theme, went Tease Tabor, uh, 53 oh, overall. Oh, good pick. Oh, what a good pick. Outside the top 50? Absolutely. I mean, I, I've, I've, you know, harped on Tabor, you know, my fair share throughout the process, but you're getting him outside the top 50? Yeah, that's, that's excellent value there. Kenny Galladay, the wide receiver out of Northern Illinois in the third round. Uh, I had an early fourth round grade on him, and they got him at 96. Though, I mean, right around where I would have started considering him, but Matthew Stafford's going to love this guy. Huge catch radius. Uh, can really help out the quarterback. Fourth round, Jalen Rees-Maben, uh, you know, if he stays healthy, could be something. Michael Roberts, a tight end out of Toledo, another fourth rounder. What he can do in the red zone, I think, could really pay immediate dividends. Uh, a corner from San Diego, uh, Jamal Agnew, who just, he's a burner uh, out of the FCS level. Jeremiah Ledbetter in the sixth, uh, Brad Kaya in the sixth, two guys who uh, I thought would go a little bit earlier than this, so I think good value there for both those guys. Brad Kaya can possibly develop into a solid backup in this league. And then Pat O'Connor, the pass rusher of Eastern Michigan in the seventh round. I really like the Lions did from top to bottom on draft day. All right, so then I go to my number two team, which is going to be the Baltimore Ravens. Again, on a lot of these, we go in the first round, and I look at what they did and where they did, and I'm like, oh, that might have been a little bit early for me. Because, but that's because I feel like there's uh, like 60 guys that could have been picked at like number 25. So Marlon Humphrey there in the middle of the first round. Okay, if that's the quarterback that you want. And you know what? The way he plays just screams Baltimore Raven. Yeah. It just screams that division. Plus Alabama. Marlon Humphrey, the cornerback from Bama, uh, going to the Ravens in the first round. But then they got going. Second round, Tyus Bowser out of Houston, who in Baltimore, I'd imagine you're standing him up as an outside linebacker and you're letting him rush. Yeah. Whoever just frees him and lets him rush. That's it. Unleash him. Then great. Tyus Bowser is a pass rusher. That's going to be fun. Next pick, Chris Wormley out of Michigan. 
probably a second-round player, went in the third round, but you can say that about a ton of players in right. this draft. Plug him in at a defensive end spot. You're good. Next, one of the ultimate wild cards. Can he pass all his drug tests, Dane? Oh, Timmy? Tim Williams, <laughs> third round. To me, the second-best pass rusher in this class, potentially at least. And he goes in the third round because he liked weed at Alabama. So, Tyus Bowser, Tim Williams, Chris Wormley, that's getting back to Ravens football. That's what I think about when I think about Ravens football is a stout front seven, destroying the quarterback, winning in the trenches. And if they can get – Tyus Bowser's a projection, but watching him rush the passer is tons of fun. Tim Williams is an outstanding pass rusher if he just passes drug tests. And Chris Wormley is going to win fistfights lined up at defensive end. And Marlon Humphrey might kill wide receivers if you ever throw a screen on him. So I love what they did because it fits them. Yeah. That's Baltimore. That's what I remember That's Baltimore being. And also I'll throw in Nico Saragusa, the yeah. guard from San Diego State, just because in fourth round. That's a pretty good pick. Oh, yeah. He's going to compete. I mean, they have some starting caliber guards on that team already, but he's going to compete for starting reps early in his career. I don't know Illuminor or Chuck Clark, so... Chuck Clark, yeah. I just assume they're great picks. Uh, Clark is a corner-safety combo. I don't know if what he is, if he's either or both. Um, but Luminor, see, I, I, I guess they're going to try him at right tackle, but to me he's a better guard. Uh, he, he's another projection. I don't. He probably won't see the field early in his career, but down the road that could be uh, looking like a smart pick. And I think it's interesting, a trend with your first two teams. First round, eh. Okay, not bad. But then but they got second, cooking. third, fourth rounds. That's when really shine. That, that, well, that was easy to do in this draft. That, exactly. That there's a hundred to this draft. There's a hundred second round grades. That's basically. it. Exactly. And what we talk about this entire process is uh, how you know the first round. There are some solid players, but it's the second and third round that's where the real fun got going. For my number two team, uh, Washington Redskins. Uh, stick with the Alabama theme in the they first cheated. round. They Jonathan cheated. Allen. Are you they kidding me? How did 16 teams not take Jonathan Allen? If the shoulders check out okay, which that's the that's the issue. That's why he fell to the number 17 spot. Shoulders check out. And it was kind of like a Miles Jack situation where it's not that he's hurt right now. It's just will he make it through his rookie contract? Will he make it through? You know, at what point will his shoulders start to break down? So Jonathan Allen at 17, I, that's just ridiculous value. Ryan Anderson in the second uh, at number 49 overall, linebacker from Alabama who mm. I get it. You know, he's not – he's a he's a conversion player. I mean, he needs a, a defense like the Redskins though. So I think he went to a good spot. Dude's got a killer instinct. Uh, I'm not sure if he's ever going to be, uh, you know, 8, 9, 10 sack a year type of guy, but I think he'd be a tone setter for that defense with what he can bring. Fabian Moreau at 81 overall in the third oh. round. oh. He might be a PUP guy to start the season, but he's he's first round value. I mean, that's just that's excellent value at that at, at that later stages of the third. Samaje so P Ryan in the fourth. Would it shock you if he comes in? And he's starting as no, a rookie. Not at all. No, exactly. Not so at you all. Get your starting running back in the fourth round. At least uh, he will start at some point this year. I feel confident about that. Uh, Monte Nicholson, the safety of Michigan State, probably the only pick the Redskins made. I did not like Nicholson. Uh, he's a hesitant safety. I have no use for hesitant safeties on my roster. Uh, but then in the fifth, sixth, seventh, you look at Jeremy Sprinkle, a tight end, uh, one of the better, well-rounded tight ends in this class. Chase Roulier, uh, the guard center, uh, can provide immediate death uh, in the interior offensive line. Robert Davis, uh, Georgia State, 6'2", 220 pounds, tested off the charts. We'll see what they have there. And then Josh Harvey Clemens, the linebacker safety, not sure what he can do, but he can kill some dudes on special teams type of player. 
uh, out of uh, Louisville. So, uh, yeah, the Redskins, I thought, did really well top to bottom uh, aside from that Nicholson pick. Yeah, I thought they had a terrible draft. You know, I thought only one team in the NFC East had a good draft, and it was the Cowboys. So that was just the way I viewed those. Understandable. Uh, Washington had an awesome draft. The Cowboys was just okay. Number one. I'm trying to make a drum roll on this desk. Does does it sound good? Not really. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals. And again, first pick, John Ross at number nine overall. Okay. I love the player. Right. I love John Ross, the player. It's a lot of knees and shoulders and little guy and... And I love him. Yeah. I want him on my football team. Boom Nine overall was a little bit rich, but hey, you know, I guess in a draft where you have all this depth, but only so many home run hitting playmakers, he was one of them. Oh, yeah. So you got to snap him up when you can get him. So John Ross at number nine overall, the Washington receiver, fastest man in the world. And with the 48th overall pick, the Bengals take the best running back in this draft, Joe Mixon who is going to win Offensive Player of the Year, depending how many times Giovanni Bernard gets the ball, I guess. But Joe Mixon is going to lead that offense, and his value at number 48 is insane. Well, and I, uh, in my write-up, I, you know, the Bengals were my top team, too. And I wrote about Mixon that how long before he's the number two back in that division behind Le'Veon Bell? Uh, I mean, the, today. Ra- the Ravens, I mean, they don't really have anyone. The, the Browns, I mean, Isaiah Correll's a nice back. And it's not going to take very, long. You're really disrespecting Duke Johnson and Kenneth Dixon, sir. My guys. So you like mixing over them? Yes. Okay. Uh, so I don't think it's going to take very long before Mixon really established himself as the number two back in that division behind Bell, who that's really his closest comp in terms of just play style and who he could be uh, as long as he stays not straight and narrow. Third round pick for the Bengals was Jordan Willis, which I was actually surprised that he made it to that draft spot, which I thought that's about where he should be drafted. Right. But after his workout at the Combine and seeing his measurables, uh, that measurable athleticism, I thought for sure a team was going to jump him all the way up early two or something right. like Top that. Top 50, yeah. Right. But he went 73rd. So I, he went right where I right. had him graded, and uh, I didn't move him after his Combine. Uh, yeah. I was just like, no, we're not moving the player. I've seen the player. Right. And I thought the NFL would. I thought somebody would jump him up there because of his athleticism. No surprising. Round four. When you're going to take a chance, if you take a chance on a player that I love and grade as a first-round player, then I'll grade you really well. Carl Lawson in the fourth round. Carl Lawson in the fourth round. It was interesting. The Bengals listed him as a linebacker. I don't know. Maybe it's because the short arms and his measure. But listen, he's he's the same. They're similar weight as Jordan Willis. He just He's a little bit shorter. Let him get after the after the quarterback. Just free him. Yeah. Free Carl Lawson. Let him go one-on-one with an offensive tackle and let's see who wins because he's tough to deal with. And also, their next fourth-round pick was Josh Malone, the wide receiver out of Tennessee. And that's the fourth-round pick they got for trading back to get Mixon. So, I just talk oh, about so that. So, you get a yeah. bonus wide receiver and a better player than whoever picked at 41. You got a better player when you traded back. Well, Oh, did they? Who Vikings, was 41? Who was for, oh, Cook. it was Cook. Okay. That's a, <laughs> you know, a win, battle. Win-win. It's yeah. a battle. Uh, and then Ryan Glasgow, is that Glasgow? Yep. Glasgow, Michigan there in the fourth round, end of fourth round. Drafting a kicker is a good bit. They drafted a kicker, (laughs) uh, Jake Elliott, which man, that shoots him up on my board. He drafted a kicker and JJ Dealman, the center from Utah. 
And with that, there's too many picks left, and they're all like round six and seven, and I haven't heard of them, so I don't care. Well, but the Bengals are my number one. Yeah, the Bengals are my number one as well. J.J. Dealman, I think, could be a starting center in this league, so in the fifth, great value. And then the sixth round, Jordan Evans, the linebacker from Oklahoma, a combine snub who, uh, when Broaddus and I went to the pro day watching him live, we were just we couldn't believe, how is this guy not at the, at the combine? Really big dude, moved really well. Uh, so I think Bengals got good value there. Uh, and so... For uh, just uh, your other number, right? One. My other number one, I guess. Technically, my number two, uh, the Cleveland Browns. Look with two with all the picks they had. Man, they really screwed up one of them. Two in the first round, two in the second. I mean, they they should have done well, but I did think they they did really well with some of these picks. Miles Garrett, number one. The, the moment they drafted Garrett at the first pick, Good they, draft. Were, they were winners exactly. Uh, so they did well there. My one gripe with the Browns. They had the 12th pick, Malik Cooker sitting there, and they passed on him. Yeah, but they got Jabril Peppers, dude. And look, they picked up a first rounder in the He's process. Better. So look, we we do need a there's a wait and see element to this. Uh, you know, if, maybe the Texans will just be terrible next year and they'll be a top ten pick, and they can use that first round pick to get, uh, you know, whoever next year. So we'll wait and see on that. But they traded away from Malik Cooker, who, in my opinion, is the number two player in this draft. Traded back to get Jabril Peppers now. Look, he's going to the defense, defensive corner, Greg Williams. I'm very eager to see how they use him. Is it going to be a hybrid position, nickel? Uh, are they going to let him start as the strong? I, I just hope that, you know, they've already talked about using him with some offensive packages and different things like that. Hopefully they just let him settle in on defense, find a home, and let him start his NFL, NFL career that way. Um, and not kind of overuse him on offense or even on special teams for First that First round pick was just a little early for Peppers to me, Dane, because there were still better running backs left on the board. You know, Cook was still right. there. Mixon was still there. It was really tough for me to go take Peppers there as the sixth or seventh best running back in the draft. But the third running back off the board. Yeah. And you're really confusing our, our listeners right now. Uh, Jabril Peppers should be a running back. And then they traded up from 30, 30 overall, the first pick in the second round, which is a power play. Uh, but once they saw David Njoku falling, the tight end from Miami, they pounced ahead of uh, the Steelers there at picking 30 and got Njoku. Then they released Kerry Barnage over the weekend. Uh, looks like Njoku's going to play a prominent role early on in his career. And then in the day two, probably my favorite pick of the draft, Deshaun Kaiser at 52 overall. Look, I, when you look at these quarterbacks, they're all lottery tickets, and I don't think that Deshaun Watson at number 12 overall has a, like just that much better of a shot of being a pro quarterback than Deshaun Kaiser. And the Browns got Kaiser 40 picks later than they got, than the Texans went up to get Deshaun Watson. So I think for the value outside the top 50 picks, love the Deshaun Kaiser pick. If he turns out to be something, great. If he doesn't, you know what? It's worth the risk here. I'll take my odds. Uh, you know, He's going to a situation where he doesn't need to see the field early if the Browns don't want him to, but absolutely he can. Kessler is not going to stay in his way. We'll see what Hugh Jackson can do. He's a quarterback guy. Love the pick there for the Browns uh, and Deshaun Kaiser. It's a good mix. Uh, and then the third round, Larry Ogmanjobi, the defensive tackle from Charlotte. He's that three technique they need for that switch to the 4-3 defense. Except they picked a better one three rounds later. You're talking about Caleb Brantley in the sixth, who absolutely, well, I, you know, I, I rated them actually pretty close. Um, they were, I think, the two. If you don't include Solomon Thomas or Jonathan Allen, I thought Caleb Brantley and Oakman Joby were the top two, three techniques in this draft. Caleb Brantley was arrested earlier this month uh, for, or last month now, uh, in April for uh, allegedly punching a woman, knocking her unconscious. 
And the Browns still took a chance on him in the sixth round at pick 185. And listen, uh, you know, I'm not going to defend this pick. Dude, but I love how they said it after the draft. They're like, oh, yeah, information could come out and we'll cut him. Exactly. We'll see. That's the thing. But it, we picked him there because he's that good. And if we need to, we'll cut him. The Browns have double-digit draft picks. You know, they can't keep all these guys, uh, especially after double-digit uh, uh, draft picks last year. Though so, Double-digit draft picks next year. Probably. <laughs> and so, if you know, if, if there's any, he's going to be on a short leash. Any more information comes out, cut him. If he shows any signs of, uh, you know, not living up to it, cut him. And so, you know what? I, I get it. It's different from the Raiders taking Gary Conley in the first round, which was a huge risk, uh, where here in the sixth round, you know, if if, he, if they don't take him, maybe it goes undrafted. Who knows? But and it's not that hard to cut a six round pick. Fourth round, Howard Wilson, corner from Houston. He's a playmaker. He, he loves to go after the ball, and that'll get him in trouble sometimes. Loves to play outside of structure, but uh, I, I think they might have something down the road. Roderick Johnson, the tackle out of Florida State, quickness, size, length, not an issue, but he has balance issues. Uh, it just he's very raw still, uh, but he's going to play play behind Joe Thomas, and you know he's going to learn from one of the best. And who knows, maybe two, three years from now, the Browns might have something in the fifth round. Not bad value. Zane Gonzalez uh, might be the starting kicker from kicker. day one. And then Matthew Days running back in the seventh. Eh, I thought there were better running backs available. But, um, you know, they another senior bowl guy that the the Browns had some access to down in Mobile. So uh, it makes sense that they go after him at that point. Next topic of conversation as we're trusting the tape here. The quarterbacks. So you mentioned Kaiser. He's obviously the one outlier when you talk about the top four quarterbacks because he got picked at the end of the second round instead of having people trade up for him like everybody else did. Now that you've seen where they're going to go, does it alter who you think is going to have success? Because I always, like before this draft, I told anybody who would ask me, they're like, hey, what's your order? And I was like, well, I got Trubisky, then Watson, then Mahomes, then Kaiser. Right. But ask me after the draft because I don't think, like there's not one that I felt He's going to make it no matter what, and he can't make it. So now that you've seen where they've gone, I'll bet on Deshaun Watson, I think, because okay. he's going to – like Pat Mahomes, I think there's reason for optimism there just because there's no pressure. But we're also multiple years from the payoff. I think Deshaun Watson's got a chance to step in and play. J.J. Watt's coming back. Really good defense. Lamar Miller, weapons on the outside. Deshaun Watson could just step in and be okay. Mm-hmm. There's no pressure to do a whole lot. Don't screw it up. Last year, our quarterback wasn't capable of playing quarterback. He he was terrible. Just step in and don't screw it up. And I think Watson has a shot to do that when you just look at where all of them went and what they're going to be asked to do. Yeah, and that's tough uh, because I I don't disagree, uh, but it's hard for me to maybe – like I'm not going to change my quarterback rankings based on where they went. I still think Trubisky, Kaiser, Watson, Mahomes. But Mahomes, he is he's the wild card because he's going to a great organization – He's going with a head coach, Andy Reid, who understands how to work to the strengths of quarterbacks. Um, but And he won't have to see the field for the next two years. And so, you know, it, it, maybe he does, you know, at some point. If Alex Smith, uh, you know, starts to, to wear down and, you know, they're not pushing for the playoffs, maybe they make that move uh, in 2018 at some point. Who knows uh, how that'll play out. But Mahomes is an interesting one because of where he went and what that could be. But I agree with you about Watson. He has the... Probably the easiest path to be a starter. Uh, I don't think there's any question about that. Show up. Yeah. Be better than Savage. Because the Bill O'Brien offense is so complex, because it's it's going to take some time, I do think Tom Savage will start the season as a starter. 
But we're going to see Deshaun Watson start games this year. Uh, I, I absolutely believe that. And it's up to him to see uh, how far he wants to take it. If he wants to, uh, you know, if he can be, if he can prove to be the guy early on as a rookie, can he help this team win games? Uh, that's a winnable division. You know, the Texans have won it with uh, so-so talent in the last few years. So that'll be an interesting uh, one to watch this year with Watson and Houston. Is he the only rookie that will start at quarterback? I, let, me, uh, let me rephrase because maybe somebody gets hurt and somebody right. has to step in and play a game. Is he the only guy who is picked to be the starting quarterback as opposed to, oh, somebody went down or whatever? I think Trubisky and Mahomes, the plan will be to sit them this year. Uh, ideally, they don't start a game this year for both franchises. That means that uh, Mike Glennon's winning games. That means Alex Smith is winning games. The Browns with Deshaun Kaiser, obviously a much different deal. Cody Kessler, baby. And you don't want to rush Kaiser. You want to give him time to develop and you know kind of go at his own pace. So you don't want to push him onto the field when he's not ready. And you saw Brock Eisweiler there. Uh, you know, the the farther we get or the closer we get to the season, the more it looks like the Browns are going to hold on to him. So you know, there's bodies there where Deshaun Kaiser does not have to start a game, but at some point in the season, let's see him. Uh, especially if the Browns are losing, because the Browns are likely going to have a top ten pick next year, plus the Texans pick, plus they have three twos. So if they want to go up to it, the number one pick next year or the number two pick, whatever it is, to get Sam Darnold, to get Josh Rosen, to get one of these quarterbacks next year, let's find out what you have in Kaiser. Let him start a few games as long as you're not, you know, absolutely feeding him to the wolves. See what he has and, you know, give him a shot. So I do think we'll see Kaiser at some point. And then the other quarterbacks uh, that we've talked about throughout the process, I mean, Davis Webb, again, kind of like the, uh, the the Kansas City Smith or Alex Smith and Mahomes. Uh, he's going to the New York Giants, where with Eli Manning there, won't have to see the field early. DJ Beathard uh, in San Francisco, that was that was a head scratcher a little bit. I think. Yeah, and they picked him. That was before Davis Webb, right? That was before Webb, I believe. Was it? Yeah. But, well, let me double check. Let me double check. Don't let me. Don't let me start lying to you. It's, it was definitely before Nathan Peterman. Right. Yeah, that for sure. Um, Maybe Webb did go before him. I think he did. But with, you know, Bethard, uh, it, he did not have the senior season like most expected. Going into the year, I thought, maybe, yeah, I mean, he could be in consideration to be that top senior this year. But the senior, just did not, uh, the senior season did not go like uh, we thought it would. Senior bowl was eh. It was okay. Webb went first, okay, of course. Yeah. Webb, yeah. Uh, Bethard was a comp pick. Right. So, end of the round. Yeah, 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 yeah. So late third round, still earlier than we thought. And, you know, there were teams that were probably going to take Beathard in the fourth round. So for the 49ers to get him, uh, understand why they took him where they did. But when Kyle Shanahan kind of handpicks you to play quarterback, you're probably going to see the field. So Matt Barkley, Brian Hoyer, no, no one really standing in, in uh, his way to get on the field. Offensive rookie of the year. The Ooh. NFL season plays out. Who's going to be the offensive rookie of the year? There's so many candidates you can go here there's three running backs you could pick i think i think well four what's the thing is mccaffrey going to get enough with samuel to be factored into there well probably he's a top 10 pick right exactly you're not going to carry the ball 250 times you're not taking either of those two players mccaffrey or fournette in the top 10 if you're not going to force feed it to him just like ezekiel elliott last year with the cowboys uh fournette they're going to ride him as as long as he'll go mccaffrey look curtis samuel i think they're gonna use him more as a slot receiver so christian mccaffrey's gonna see more carries uh, and then, of course, he's going to get his catches as well. So, yeah, I mean, either one, I don't think would be surprised, surprising to see if they end up as the offensive rookie of the year. Dalvin Cook? 
Yeah, in Minnesota, I mean, he's got a few. Uh, he's going to be sharing the the workload a little bit with uh, McKinnon, uh, and then from the Raiders, um, who they sign from the Raiders? The Raiders is I'm blanking um, on his name. We'll come back to it. Uh, so yeah, I think the right good one, is, right? Yeah, the good back, exactly. Murray. Latavius Murray, thank you. Yeah. Uh, so the, the good one. <laughs> there are a few uh, running backs in the, in Minnesota. He's gonna have to share carries with, but he's gonna see the field, and uh, that'll be something to watch. And then wide receiver uh, like John Ross, uh, Mike Williams, uh, Corey Davis. Who gets the most opportunity? Corey Davis, Davis has the least the least good players around. Right. Him. Yeah, Corey Davis. I like that pick. smile on your face, man. They were like. They, they, I'm doing the sign for what's that the sign for large situation grapefruits like they just they were like yeah we're picking fifth yeah he's a top five player in this draft and surely somebody around the NFL is like we don't even know when he runs a four right. in and he played in the Mac and they're like yeah watch this and he's gonna go be awesome as long as Marcus Mariota stays healthy absolutely uh, Corey Davis has a shot at that's that. my dude uh, I, I I like it I can't disagree with any of those uh, and then. I mean, we mentioned Mixon. Uh, you know, what, there's a few with uh, Force Lamp. Yeah, I mean, hey, if Zach Martin can't. Why win, don't we give offensive linemen awards, Dane? Because they're not flashy enough. They That's don't. Stupid. They don't touch the ball. That's terrible. Uh, I, I like it. What about defense? Anyone stand out on de- for defensive rookie of the year that could? Uh... Well, I think Miles Garrett is the obvious choice because he's the best player, right? And he'll probably play a ton of snaps, right? I think that's the easiest one, unless you want to pick a linebacker who you think is going to have 140 tackles because sacks wins awards. Right. So well, who, who, what, what other pass rusher are you going to pick to be a double-digit sack guy? Right. Garrett might not be. Derek I, I think it would be hard to pick another guy. Well, you ain't going to get me to pick Philly, him. yeah. Yeah, that's well, going to be it. And w- sacks will get you points, but so do interceptions. And so, like, the safeties, uh, you know, you look at Malik Hooker in Indy. You look at Jamal Adams with the Jets. Desmond King's going to be rookie of the year. Hey. And Marcus Lattimore, corner with the Saints. You know, they, he's going to start right away. At least he should. So if he can stay healthy, uh, Lattimore's got a shot. So what about in terms of value? Uh, I, I know our favorite value on day three. I don't think I have to ask you. Was that Desmond King or was it Xavier Woods? Xavier Woods. Because the Six? answer is both. Yeah. They were both amazing value. Absolutely. Uh, I was proud to have made my uh, – this is my second selection to make in an NFL draft uh, – the back line to the Cowboys is still working. I it don't is, know if it, it still is. worked. So Anthony Brown, it worked. And Xavier Woods, it still worked. Uh, now, day one, I don't think – I think day one was pretty easy for the best value, wasn't it? I thought it's a three-way tie okay. almost. Marshawn pretty Latt- easy. <laughs> well, okay, not a three-way tie. Marshawn Lattimore at 11 was good value, yeah. but it doesn't win. The best value is between Malik Hooker at 15 and Jonathan Allen at 17. Yeah, that's Those fair. are crazy good value. Yeah. That's two of the five best players in this draft. Uh, yeah, I agree with you absolutely. I mean, Chris Ballard, his first uh, year as general manager, Nindy comes away with a home run pick uh, with uh, Hooker, and then yeah, Jonathan Allen. If he stays healthy, then that's going to look like an absolute steal at that point. So I, I agree. Jonathan Allen and Adoree Jackson went back to back picks. Yeah, that's come on. In what world should that should never happen? <laughs> come on, Good there's gosh. supposed to be thirty players between them. Uh, at least, at least. Uh, I think one of my favorite values on day two. Uh, I mentioned Deshaun Kaiser. Another one of my favorite values, one of your guys, I picked 97 overall. Corner from Clemson. Tank. The tank. Going to Miami. I, I picked 97. Like, I I mean, if you, if you didn't think it was a top 50 pick, I'm not going to fight you. You know, like, he's 
very good impressed man. Struggles in other areas. So that's fine. But to get him at 97, uh, you know, almost fall out of the top 100, great value for the Dolphins at that point. Uh, a, a player that can see the field early with their uh, corner situation. So I, I like that pick a lot. Round two was just like chock full of awesome value. Yeah, because it really was. I, I look, I go to 97 because I didn't know who it was off the top of my head when you said 97. And then I just look at the area around there. Jordan Lewis at 92. Yeah, that's great. If, if he's legally in the clear, right. which obviously the Cowboys think he is and he thinks he is. That's tremendous value. Probably the best nickel guy in this draft. My number 45 player overall. So a great get by the Cowboys. And then just scroll up the round. Derek Rivers at 83. Even if you don't love him, that's probably still lower than you would have thought he would go as a defensive end. For me personally, Carlos Henderson at 82 is awesome value. And then Fabian Moreau at 81. Yeah. Yeah. These are not players that get picked in the 80s. Right. This was an awesome draft. At what point? Next draft is going to be so depressing because (laughs) it's not going to be like this. No, it's not. And Fabian Moreau, if not for the peck injury, we're talking about him as a possible first-round pick. Uh, You know, maybe a team snags him there in the late first. Uh, And then, yeah, I agree with you with Carlos Henderson. Pat Elfline at 70. The receivers this year were, because we were interesting, because we... I don't think we thought we'd see a receiver go top 10 and then three go top 10. I thought one deserved to go top 10. But we didn't think they necessarily would. I didn't think they would pull the trigger. So, okay, and then after the top three, there's a big gap, and then we had no idea when the next wide receiver would go. Uh, But then the wide... Who was the next wide receiver? Was it Zay Jones? I think it was. I think it was Zay Jones. But I'm, then they, I'm scrolling through. That, yeah, it was Zay Jones. That day two order was a little different than we thought. Chris, Chris Godwin, I thought, would go a lot higher than he did. He yeah. fell um, a, a little longer than we thought would. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster was taken ahead of some some. Talented. Juju was next after Zay, it, right. which was like a full, unless you're counting uh, Curtis Samuel. Right. Curtis Samuel was in between there. And then just throughout the rest of day two and day three, it's like, yeah, they were an NFL starter. Yeah. They were an NFL starter. Yeah, they were another NFL well, starter. Well, and then when guys like Carl Lawson and go on into day three, I mean, Jake Butt was a fifth round pick. Like, everything, everyone I've talked to, I've talked to multiple uh, teams about the his medical situation. They all say that he might not be ready for training camp, but he should be a good to go for the start of the season. And even hmm. if he's not, even if he has to go on PUP, like, that's. I mean, fifth round, you kidding me? That, He's better than that. Absolutely. He's better than that, and he'll perform better than that in the NFL. All right, we squared away here? I think so. Oh, well, one last thing. Anyone, any one pick or one player that you thought, maybe like in the first round, second round, where you're just scratching your head? Anyone? I'll, I'll say mine first. Evan Ingram's one of my favorite players in this draft. Okay, I loved him. I thought he was a first-round pick all day. He was somewhere ranked in my 20s. Um but the Giants taking him at 23, ahead of Najoku, was, you know, I can justify that. That's fine. But where I'm just interested in the fit with him. Uh, you know, is he, because to me, he's more of a big slot receiver. He's not a traditional tight end. You're not going to line him up in line. He's not going to help Eric Flowers on the end of the line. That's not what he does. He's going to be in the slot. And so when you have Brandon Marshall in the fold, Sterling Shepard, Odell, uh, Odell Beckham, I mean, where where are the touches going to go? I, and so for Evan Ingram, I get it, but it just felt like they he, forgot about what was wrong with their team. Right, you're improving one of your best parts of your team. They quadrupled down on their biggest strength. Right, exactly, and that's what? putting the ball putting the ball through the air. So you know if they could have drafted a running back, could have drafted anywhere on defense, and that would have helped more. So I love Evan Ingram. I'm just 
interested to see the fit and how they share all those offensive touches. So Justin Evans going number 50 overall to Tampa Bay. That's Ooh. the worst tackling player I've ever watched in yeah. four years of doing this. He's the worst tackler I've ever seen. So that's terrifying to me as a safety prospect. Right. But I get it. I get the physical tools. And then I'm going to steal a page from your book and talk about a player that I really like. It just the pick was strange to me. So Jamal Adams goes number six overall to the Jets. And then at number 39 overall, they picked my favorite non-Jamal Adams, non-Malik Hooker safety, Marcus May. Hmm. I was like, what are, what are we doing here? Yeah. Two strong safeties in the top 40? Yeah. That's, that was our draft it, plan? They're, and they're, they're similar safeties, too. It's because you project them as strong. They can do a little bit of, you know, they can stay they in can coverage. They can be free-ish. Right, There's exactly. no Malik Hooker back there, but they could be free-ish. But they their strengths cover. are in the box, near the box, coming downhill. That's what they do best. So... I don't. I don't. It's going to be interesting to see how they use them. If I mean, really, in this today's NFL, you want interchangeable safeties, guys that can play free and strong, and maybe that's what they'll try to do here. They both are that. Yeah. To be fair, I mean, they both are. It's but that's just to me that's really really strange in today's NFL. That first of all, that your top two, you had two picks in the top right. forty, and they both were safeties. Somebody's so far away from the line of scrimmage, and then that they were similar players. I love both players. The picks were just weird. And Mike McCagney, the general manager, I, 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 he's one of my favorite general managers because he sticks true to best player available. He takes the best player on the board uh, when it's his turn to pick, and he did that with uh, really with almost every pick this year. Two safeties and two wide receivers, and uh, so look, the Jets just need good players. You know, they need needs. They have needs all over the place. We'll see how it works out. All right, that'll do it for Trusted Tape this week. We'll probably be back next week if you tweet us and you want us to be back. Well, we're going to be in this room anyway. Exactly. We'll see if we record it and send it. You guys just let us know. That's it. Trust the tank. We'll talk to you next week. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.